With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fulhamish is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to Fulhamish Extra. My name is Sammy James and I'm joined by three stalwarts of the Fulhamish game. Don Betts. Hello, hello. Farrell Monk. Hello. And Drew Heatley. Good day. So loads coming up uh, in this podcast today. Obviously, we're going to be previewing that huge game uh, against Millwall at the Den on Friday night. A sellout away uh, down in South East London that many of us are very, very excited about. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Millwall fan Nick Hart to get an opposition view are all things going on down there uh, they've got a very long unbeaten streak as well and they are very excited about this game and the possibility uh, of making it into the championship playoffs plus we're going to be speaking to Danny Boy of Fulham Focus fame because it is the Fulhamish versus Fulham Focus charity six aside match this Saturday uh, and we're going to be having a bit of beef with him uh, as we try and raise lots of money, though, uh, for Calm on Saturday. So more info on that uh, in just a little bit. But first, just need to say that Fulhamish this season is backed by Labrooks. For exclusive specials and promotions, head to bets.fulhamish.co.uk. Well, games really don't get much bigger than they are right now. And as a sellout crowd, Dom, heading down to Millwall on Friday night, can we end Millwall's long unbeaten run? And in the process, bolster are diminishing automatic promotion chances. I don't see any reason why we can't, to be honest. I mean, yes, it's a very tough place to go. Their, their home record this season is absolutely phenomenal. They're unbeaten. Last month, as I said in Monday's podcast, is a New Year's Day. But we, you've got to back yourselves going to these games because we have to win our last three games if we want to get automatic promotion, and all, all fans do. I know everyone wants a day out of Wembley, but you know, you're know you not a playoff record, records like. Nothing's guaranteed. and So I think it's a must-win game for both teams. So I think it'll be a great spectacle. It won't be a game like when we play this sort of team where they're going to sit back for the whole game and try and get a draw because the draw's not good enough for them either. They need to win because the rest of their games are really, really tough. So they're going to want to win this game. And they know saw we dropped points in the last game. So they, they're going to they're going to be quite confident but I think it's going to be a tough game but I think we can actually come up three points um, Fulham and Millwall when they last played each other back in November Farrell uh, Fulham were 14th and Millwall were 18th the fact that Fulham are now third and Millwall uh, are now six is just testament to how well both sides have done and it is very much the meeting of the championships two informed teams from 2018 yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing and it's going to be an absolute tasty affair on Friday evening and I was trying to put my you know get back into the mindset that before we, we were kind of thinking about you know playoffs and automatics was a bit of a distant dream but when we were looking at the fixtures and we were coming up to those six six fixtures when we had to play six of the top seven, the seven being Fulham, and we couldn't play, as, couldn't play ourselves, that we were then looking at the games after that and thought, OK, there's nothing really after that that we've got to really worry about because Millwall were not even considered a, a team vying for playoff plays. Now look at them. They're absolutely in the hunt. 
they're you know it's in they're kind of in their own destiny perhaps because they're playing so well if they if they have a bad performance then that's down to you know it's down to them and they're going to be flying at us we're going to be flying at them and it's just going to you know go down to who's going to score more on the day um Millwall have been very, very solid in their results of late, Drew. Very similar results to Fulham. Lots of one and two nils. They haven't been battering sides five or six. Uh, they've got a very strong defence, which is centred around our man Sean Hutchinson, who's been having a storming season for the Lions. He's a man reborn, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a far more composed and assured than, than we saw him at Fulham. Not that he was given... Uh, a huge amount of time to prove himself uh, at the club, but yeah, he's he's really uh, he's really come alive down at the den, and and the den is at the moment uh, a fortress much like Craven Cottage. They they're uh, matching us for results in the last six games. I think it's uh, four wins and two draws, and they've not conceded a home goal since the twentieth of Feb. So uh, it goes without saying it's the hardest run, uh, hardest game of the three we've got left, but. We're all looking to see what happens at the end of the season in terms of where we finish and what happens. But actually, if you think about it, a London derby on a Friday night, two teams that are unbeaten in, you know, God knows how many games, it's going to be a great night to be a Fulham fan and to watch a great game of football, I think. I mean, there's lots of uh, players that we need to watch out for. Steve Morrison, of course, is the stalwart up front whose experience uh, in games like this can't be uh, underestimated and George Savile's having an absolutely brilliant season uh, in the centre of Park now of course everyone goes on about the Tom Kearney and Matt Smith bromance but I mean uh, Kearney went on holiday with George Savile uh, back last summer so there's going to be a little bit of personal beef there in the middle but George Savile's been a very impressive player and lots of his goals in the past few games coming within the first 60 seconds so that's something I think that Fulham have got to watch out for on Friday is the fast Millwall start we've been starting very slowly in games mm. and still getting mm. results so we're going to have to be very aware that in the first 5-10 to 10 minutes Millwall going to start very very strong the crowd's going to be backing them and we have to make sure we can ride out that opening kind of quarter of an hour. I was just trying to rack my brain right now to to remember the last time we scored within the first 20 minutes or so. And I can't really... I think the last time we did that was against Sheffield United. I might be mistaken, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. How, just... how, what time was Johansson's goal against Reading then? Was that like more like half hour? I think that it was, was half bit, hour, about yeah. half hour, yeah. But I mean, you know, there was Even that... Sheffield United wasn't first 20 minutes. Was it not? Well, no. there you go. I mean, I think like... it's Derby. Yeah, yeah, Derby. Derby. We, we scored was, the first two. We scored two in twenty minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, that goes to show because there was a period of time. Where we, do you remember at the start of the season we were talking about we never score in the first half an hour, and then it was like commentators' curse, but in a nice way that then we started to score every game within the first 10, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But it hasn't been that way for a long time now, and Millwall are going to be flying out the blocks. They've almost got a reputation over the past three months or so of scoring really early goals. They had, they did a feature on early goals before. Uh, because Millwall were doing this and Millwall was one of the featured games and then Millwall went and scored in the first 30 seconds mm. of the game. Um, but going back to George Savile, I remember after the, po- after the pod, uh, in, after that game in November, and we were singing his praises because he was, he was exceptional. It was the first time I'd seen him play. Uh, he did come with a reputation. They did say, look out for this guy, Savile, he's pretty good. And he was. He lived up to that praise and he's, been, he's kicked on from there. And of course, another former Fulham man who we may be facing, he doesn't get too many games. He plays about one in every two, uh, is, is your man Ryan Tunnicliffe. Of course, 
Jack Collins isn't here to, to sing his praises, so we won't go on as long about him as we would in normal circumstances. I'm sure he'll make up for that on Monday. Um, but he's another one in that midfield. It just shows they're a very battling team, aren't they, Millwall? It's, it's not going to be a nice atmosphere for the players. They're going to have to rise for it and dig deep and win ugly again, as, as we have started to be able to do. Yeah, we need sort of a sort of performance like we saw in the second half against Norwich, really. Yeah. A very gritty performance, players putting their bodies on the line, basically being big shit houses like Johansson was doing, like Pearson was doing in that game. We need we need the players to stand up and be counted, riled, riling the fans up, getting, like when Johansson just pushed his hands up to the fans anyway, and that rolled everyone up in the away end. Mm. You, you're going to need similar sort of things, because Mill, you know their home atmosphere is going to be quality. You know they're going to be, like, intimidating to the players, I guess you can call it. But I, th- but I think, you know, we've actually done decent against these sort of more physical teams recently, but we have in, in previous times. I know QPR causes a lot of problems when we played them in the second half, but they did well. Like Middlesbrough, when they played us, we withstanded their pressure at the beginning of January, and that's when we were only just about at the start of our beginning run, because obviously it started on, was it the 23rd of December against Barnsley? So mm-hmm. it was only four or five games in, because I think that was quite early. I think maybe like 13th or something of January, something like that. So I think it's all about how we start the game we don't necessarily need to, we need to start well we just need to make sure we withstand the middle pressure because we always know we're always better in the second half or in the later stages of games I know we conceded the late guys to Brentford but that's quite sort of an anomaly of how we played this season so I think it's this withstanding that pressure and then growing into the game and then I think a critical goal is a first half goal mm-hmm. if we can go into half time with a 1-0 lead that's great I think it's just yeah withstanding the early pressure for Mill then I think yeah, it's just because they have a lot of tech players who run around the pitch a lot and are going to be pressing us. So we need to just be, be play our football but not be too overcomplicating things and just play how we know we can. Like, like we've played against teams to see and entirely torn them to pieces. So I think, yeah, it's all about how we start the game, really, and that will decide uh, the result. In the I game. think the atmosphere on Friday is going to be something that we rarely, rarely see. Two teams that are both... For, for whom this game is absolutely critical even last year in that run towards the playoffs last year there was never a game where we faced another side who desperately desperately needed something wasn't a relegation six points or a team trying to get into the playoffs so i'm i'm excited i mean Mm. the den on i i wouldn't be surprised if it's a sellout on, on friday and the den's going to be rocking and I just can't wait. Well, it was. I remember when I first went to the Den for the first time a couple of years ago, when they were the last time they were in the championship, and it was there was absolutely nothing on the game. Was that the nil-nil? It was a nil-nil. I mean, nothing happened to the game. Well, probably scored an offside goal. Yes, I do remember that, but I mean, it was quite clearly offside. Yeah, I, uh, I remember it being a really good finish, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but it was quite clearly it was nearish the end of the season, March or sometime mm. that round then. Nothing was riding on it. It was a sparsely attended game. There was, it was just a nothing game, and I felt like, well, I'm quite pleased with that because I've come away with out of Millwall, not getting my head kicked in. So Friday might be a different affair because it's such a lot riding on it for them, and I think it's going to be an absolute sort of cracker of an atmosphere, and I can't wait because us fans will be up for it and Millwall fans are going to be up for it well I know on Monday's podcast you talked about ordering a Stone Island has it arrived in the post yet? not quite yet I might get it on Amazon now if that's a thing okay right okay make sure you do get it in time um, just one final word 
on Millwall. Everyone had been looking at this game for the past maybe six, seven, saying that this is the game that will end the unbeaten run. It's currently at 21. If we don't get a win on Friday, it's either a draw or a defeat. Is that in your eyes? Just want a quick couple of words from each of you. Is the at the end of the automatic promotion chances? It depends entirely what Cardiff do the day after. Do you really think? I just I, I'm I'm in the opinion that I don't doesn't really matter what Cardiff do. We lose or if we lose or draw, and Cardiff lose or draw on the Saturday, then if they if their results are the same as ours, then it's, then, then it's no harm done. But in if, all likelihood, with Forest at home. Well, exactly. If we lose and they get a point or more then yes but if we lose and they lose then it's as you were Farrell? Uh, again maybe I'm tending towards uh, perhaps it's over because although we're looking at our final two fixtures as slightly easier because they're in their league position I mean Birmingham are teetering on the edge of getting sucked into that relegation zone so they're going to be really up for it last game of the season Sunderland still not out of it yet I mean, there is a possibility that Burton and Sunderland can relegate each other this weekend, which is yeah. quite fun. But I mean, but then I'd rather just fun. What a depressing <laughs> but, game to attend. But then I'd ra- but then I'd rather Mitrovic just send them down. You get a gif of those two boxes knocking each other out in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. But yeah, I think if we drop points, it is over because I said I said this from the run of games I saw. I was like, okay, we can afford to drop points in one game. I still think we can go up. We drop points in a Brentford game. I think to withstand any chance because if Brent win the game in hand, it's four points. Mm. So I think to withstand any chance of getting top two, we have to win all three games. Well, there we have it. Let's speak to Nick Hart, a Millwall fan, to get an opposition view on affairs ahead of Friday night's game. All right, well, I'm joined on Fulhamish today uh, by Nick Hart from Actung Millwall Radio. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good. Greetings, all you Fulhamish people out there. Nick, games don't get much bigger than this. So much riding on Friday's game. You must be pumped buzzing and nervous all at the same time. Yeah, the den will be sight, Sam, that's, that's for sure. It's it's probably the biggest game. Um, I'm trying to think of a bigger game in, in, in terms of what's really at stake because we're talking about Premier League football and, and all the riches, you know, the kind of riches of Croesus that comes with that. So in reality, it's, it's probably the biggest game, if you put it in those terms, I would argue in middle history because that's that's what's on the table potentially, and that, that's that's making a big claim. Because I mean, you know, I would always think of uh, the cup final, the semi-final appearances, and things of that kind. But when you look at what's really at stake on Friday night, no, it is it is the most massive game um, for both clubs. Fulham, Fulham also have this on the table. So I think from both sides, uh, both coming at it with fantastic form. Fulham will come into it, you know, with with the the confidence of, what is it, a 20-game unbeaten run now you've got, Sam? Um, 21, it, yeah. It, it, well, 21, there you go. So we come in with 17. So both sides are going to come into it with maximum confidence. Um, and something's got to give, isn't it? Um, it's going to have a kind of a shootout quality at the other take around. Um, I think it's going to be huge, massive game. Well, you've described That's it as the biggest in Millwall's history, which is one hell of a claim and not something that often happens uh, to games against no. Fulham. We don't often get that. And uh, <laughs> Millwall need little invitation for a uh, good atmosphere. So uh, I'm expecting big things from the Den on Friday night. It's sold out. Um, I mean, it is, it is huge. Um, we, we've obviously come into the championship having come up through the, the League One playoffs last season. So it's just a really odd feeling because this time last year, I was at Bristol Rovers we were, um, 10 minutes from going out of the playoffs. Uh, we were 3-2 down. We managed to turn it around to a 4-3 win. 
and then the rest of it is 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 history. So it's amazing how the game of football can project you from you know the Memorial Stadium Bristol to being on the brink of the big time within 12 months. Um, no, huge huge stakes. Um, anyone that um, you know you can't overplay it. Look at the amount of money that's going to be potentially on the table. This, this is massive stuff. Um, so, sold out crowd so expect expected to be hot in there yeah it will it will be a big atmosphere definitely i'm very much looking forward to it nick now what has been the secret to millwall's rise up the table we've spent many a podcast recently trying to chart why fulham uh, have improved so oh. much and we've made a lot of the facts that uh, the last time that fulham and millwall met we were 14th and 18th, respectively, in the league. You're unbeaten since New Year's Day. What has been the yep. reason behind your rise, behind this amazing form that you've seen under Neil Harris? Well, it's, I mean, it's a slightly sideways way of answering your question, Sam. I'm just looking as we're speaking. I'm looking at the BBC website. They've got the PFA Championship Team of the Year. So you've got three Wolves players, um, three Fulham players, and the rest from Bristol, uh, Sheffield. No one from Millwall in that team at all. Um, if you want an answer to your question, I would point to that. That's a massive motivational... I'd pin that on the wall of the dressing room. None of you boys in this dressing room are, are, are touted as being the best in your division. And, yeah, what's, what, what's in front of us now, that's a massive... It's, it's a reverse psychology at the day, and you have to understand that we are the ultimate underdogs. There's nothing we like more than being written off, um, no-one rating us. Sky TV didn't even have us in their in their graphic the other day when the, the, the promotion running. Neil Harris's photo was not in amongst the six or seven managers of the teams that are in contention. Um, this is a wonderful stuff. Keep it coming. I mean, we're, as long as people write us off, don't expect anything other than I've seen quotes on on Twitter, long ball direct side. Um, how on earth have they risen through the, the, the table like they have? Well, it's it, it's quite simple. Um, that the football that we play is played in the last third of the opposition's penalty. You know, the, the penalty area in the last third of the pitch. Um, we don't play possession of football. Everyone that we face, and, and Fulham, I'm sure, will play very well the possession style of game, and that's that's become pretty much the norm in the Championship. But very few few teams play hard, fast, and direct, old-fashioned English football, and and we do. We play it very well principles based on hard work team ethic we have no stars in the side it's a it's a group of players that will work and and battle for each other seem to enjoy each other's company off the pitch as well as on it um and 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 when you get that and the the, the fans of a club and the team bond and they start to identify with each other it's a pretty unstoppable force it's it, it comes along once in a while it's a, it's running at the moment at millwall so it's it's um it's a simple answer to your question in some ways. No one, no one thinks we, we should be there. And there's nothing we love more than being the uh, the unwanted guests at the dinner table. Well, I think uh, a few people are starting to take notice of you now, <laughs> uh, especially Fulham. We've very, very much uh, taken notice of what Millwall are achieving. You do have some talented, very talented players um, in your yes, side, though. Yeah. Stevie Morrison is obviously your man up front with all that experience. Um, George Savile uh, has taken most of the headlines and loves nothing more um, than an early goal. And you have a couple of ex-Fulham players in there as well you've got Sean Hutchinson who's been a rock for you yep. at the back and was a bit underrated Absolutely. really um, yep. and, and didn't have a greatest spell uh, at Fulham and you've also got Ryan Tunnicliffe who doesn't make as many appearances but um, he was actually very much loved uh, by many of the Fulham fans um, what do you make what do you make of your team and, and this quite strong spine that you've got running through it 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, you've mentioned Sean Hutchinson who's been one of the most under-the-radar players um, in terms of improvement. When he first came to us from Fulham, I think it was, um, I thought we'd signed a sick note. I mean, he, he, he didn't impress. Um, he seemed to be on the dressing room table all the time. But then something clicked, something turned around in his head, and you described him as a rock. That's a great description. He really is um, a highly committed defender. We have a, uh, Jake Cooper alongside him, another uh, young player, but um, really drawing a lot of strength from, from Sean Hutchinson alongside him. Uh, and then on either side, we've got the, um, the talent of James Meredith, a very underrated uh, left-back Australian player, signed from Bradford last season. Uh, and one of the stars, um, and I know everyone's talking about uh, your Ryan Sessignon, and, and rightly so, highly talented player, but I want to flag up Marlon Romeo from the wall in right back. Um, another highly talented player, but probably because he's playing for a less um, noticed, fashionable club, whatever way you want to put it, his performances go a little bit un unnoticed, but I think you will see a lot of him. He's, when he's on form, um, as people have been talking about Sessignon as the, as the full and main weapon, well, Marlon Romeo bombing down the wing is equally as much of a weapon for us. Midfield, Saddle, yeah, great player. Um, we have a team of um, players that have maybe, I've described them as misfits. They've, they've gone to other clubs. So Saddle and, and Jed Wallace both went to Wolves, didn't really take off there. Um, I suppose Hutchinson um, from Fulham. Um, and up front, you know, we, we've got um, Morrison, who's come into football quite late in his career in the big time sense. And Lee Gregory, who's still a qualified electrician from Halifax. So we've got players that are hungry. And I think, um, just to answer an earlier question, it's, there's a basic hunger to, to achieve. This is probably maybe, maybe the only chance some of these players will get to get to this top table. And um, I think they want it. Um, so, yeah, there, there, is, there is talent throughout the side, but a real work ethic. Um, they, they will come at Fulham hard and fast from the kickoff. And what kind of threat are you expecting from Fulham? on Friday night. Um, it was a disappointing result for us uh, in the West London derby against Brentford. But obviously, we're on a long, unbeaten run. Uh, we will have a lot of the ball on Friday. You mentioned Sessegnon. Yeah. Are there any other players or that, you, that you're particularly worried about? Are you also, I was going to ask, worried that this could be the end of your unbeaten run? Do you think this is going to be one of your toughest tests? Yeah, um, it's it's a huge... Um, you know, there's a huge amount at stake. It's a huge London derby, and Fulham clearly a good side. I mean, you know, the league table doesn't lie, Sam. And to get to where Fulham have come from, the you know the lower lower reaches of the table to achieve the level they're at, and with three players now named in the in the team of the year, you don't get there for no reason. So clearly, there's a lot of talent on that side. Um, the thing that that um, I expect them to get the, the, have the ball, um, but then we give everyone the ball all the time. Um, I, I'm imagining that it'll be um, possession, possession, possession by Fulham, um, looking to try and break down the mass mill defence. And when we get the ball, it's going to go long, fast into the channels and then you know in, across into the box. So it's going to be a real clash of styles. Um, our run has to end sometime. No one wins forever. No, well, no one stays unbeaten forever, do they? Um, so at some stage it's got to end. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a, <clears throat> a kind of a cup tie mentality at the moment. We've come into it on a roll, and as long as that keeps rolling, it's only got to roll for a few more games, and um, who knows what's possible. But no, I, I, I do think Fulham will be a major threat. Um, they've got talent, they've got um, a good manager, and 
these are the tests that you have to face. So um, everything's on the table. Let's, let's see who, who blinks first. Hopefully it's not us. Well, I think <laughs> a draw helps nobody on on friday no, i mean maybe a little bit more for you guys i think for us though it is win or bust i think that if we don't get a win on on friday then we can kind of kiss cardiff goodbye and they pretty much got their place uh, in the premier league and really you guys need all the three points you can get at this stage of the season especially with some some very tough games coming up what i quite yeah. like about them was i draw a lot of parallels to the run uh, that we put together last year you've got a tough run in um, and so did we yeah. last year and we kind of came from a similar position being ninth or tenth with uh, a dozen games to go uh, and sneaking into that sixth spot late and being unfancied and, and beating lots of the toughest teams uh, as we kind of drew into the business end of the season what i want to ask yeah. is do you really think millwall can make it because i do i fully believe that millwall are going to be there uh come may in the playoffs and that it could be a very very likely destination for fulham should we end up in the playoffs um i, I do believe we can do it um what's really impressed me about the lions in recent games traditionally when we get into big time situations sammy it's there's a sense of uh, clinging on for grim death, wing of the prayer. You know, it, it's um, seeing out the game with you know it, ev, 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 everything's drama. Every, every uh, moment um, hurts. We've been beating teams like Bristol City recently. Um, uh, we've gone up to Sheffield United and gone behind and come back immediately. There's there's a certain steel and a certain efficiency about this team now that is, is really unmillwall like because that those are not qualities that I would have identified as as millwall qualities in the past. For sure, passion, for sure, drama, and full, you know, full bloodedness. That's that's what you expect from a Millwall side. But not so much <clears throat> um, efficiency. Uh, and we dispatched Bristol City recently with, with um, you know, w- without really shifting out of fourth gear. So there, there is a quality to this team. It, it has to end at some stage, as I've said already. But um, I think with a three points for us, just looking at the league table as I'm speaking to you. We're pretty much assured of playing football. So with that on the table and at home in front of a, a sold-out den, then there's a huge motivation for us to press forward and get the goals that um, that will, uh, will will finish it. Um, Fulham, I see what you mean. I mean, obviously, for, for automatic, then, um, you know, that you need a win or it's, it's basically settling for playoff football. But I think therein lies the difference. Fulham will be settling for, for playoff football. We will be achieving it. There's a slight difference in, in, um, in tone in those two too crazy so I really do think we're going to come at it hard I think we can do it yeah uh, before I twist your arm for prediction uh, it's my first time to Millwall uh, Fulham has sold out their allocation there's only been uh, one trip of, by Fulham to the new den uh, this side of the millennium uh, what can Fulham fans that are making their first trip to the den uh, expect from the trip to South East London apart from a very intimidating atmosphere <laughs> it's um the den is not pretty. You have one of the most attractive grounds set in the most um, plush suburbs of London with a river and all you know, the cottage and all that comes with it. It's a lovely ground for them. Craven Cottage is a, is, a, is a beautiful place. The den is not a beautiful place. It's set in um, what is still a relatively abandoned light industrial area. The away fans are um, shepherded to the, the, um, the rear entrances from the railway station down a a Guantanamo Bay-style fenced-in safe zone. Um, it is actually one of the safest grounds in the country, despite the reputation of the place. Um, it'll be very different. If you've not been there before, then it will seem a little bit like a visit to um, HMP Belmarsh in some respects. 
inside the grounds. Um, I, I don't think it's a better theatre of football for me. As a Millwall fan, lifetime um, spent following the Lions, it's the most atmospheric stage, uh, stadium on its day with the, the place packed, um, with the stakes as high as they are. It can sometimes spill over. Um, hopefully it won't on Friday night, um, but that's because it gets ramped up to the maximum. It, it is the full experience. Um, English football misses some of this stuff. I know I'm an old, I'm old what's it, um, and I hark back to the old days, but um, the modern game has much to commend it, but it's sanitised slightly. This, this is going to be the real deal on Friday night. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it will be different. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm absolutely I'm not worried. You said <laughs> not, not in the slightest. In fact, you, I think you've done the absolute it's opposite. Actually, really safe. Uh, you've done the you've done the absolute <laughs> opposite. Really I'm I'm so so buzzing for it. So I'm going to try and get out of work five five thirty, have a couple of beers, and I absolutely, absolutely cannot wait to head down there. I absolutely. think it's one thing visiting Millwall like we did uh, a few seasons ago. I wasn't there, but it was a nil nil draw in February. And no one really cared to be going to the Den on a Friday night in London. The weather's looking good. And, and with an atmosphere yep. as good as it's going to be from both sets of fans, I think it's going to be a real, real spectacle. And I, I'm, I cannot wait to see it. Just quickly, uh, prediction, what do you think? It's a tough one to call. I, I think we'll edge it. I think we'll do it. I just think the, the occasion the occasion is huge. And that sometimes works against Millwall teams. I've been in, in the stadium when the occasion has got to the Millwall side more than the opposition. Um, I, I really think this team is, has got more about it. I think the, the, the fans and team are as one. And as talented as as Fulham are, and I believe they are a very talented side, I just think it's going to be a little bit like walking into the the onrushing waters when the dam's broken. I just think there's going to be a sense of that on Friday night. So I'm going to go for one or maybe even two nil Millwall. Excellent stuff. Right, well, Nick, uh, may the best team win, and we'll speak to you after Can't the game. I promise you that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'll, what you mean. I'll be hoping so for certain. All right, thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate it. Hello, I am Breda Hangeland, and when I'm not rubbing my thigh with cheese, I'm listening to the Fulhamish podcast. Well, thank you very much to Nick Hart from Acton Millwall, the Millwall fanzine, for speaking to us about Friday's game. And hopefully, hopefully, Fulham can do the business and get three points in that. On the Saturday is arguably as big a crunch match uh, this weekend as Fulhamish and Fulham Focus go head-to-head in what is being billed the game of the season. Now, these aren't my words. These are what other people are saying about this game. I'm inclined to agree with them. It is absolutely massive. We're playing uh, a six-a-side game in Clapham Junction, the Theatre of Dreams that I've heard it called (laughs) once or twice. Uh, It's all in support of Calm, uh, Campaign Against Living Miserably, who campaign trying to prevent uh, male suicide, which is the biggest killer uh, of young men in this country. And, and far too many men take their lives uh, in kind of hopelessness when there, when there is hope and, and calm, try and take measures in order to stop men taking their own lives with helplines and other initiatives. Some of the lads from Fulham Focus are doing the Fulham to Birmingham walk, which is at the end of the season, which is a hell of a walk. I know they did Fulham to Reading, but Fulham to Birmingham, lads, is another level. Mm-hmm. I, heard well that, I heard that a few of them are practising walking, <laughs> which 
I guess you kind of have to, but it sounds a little bit ridiculous. But of course, you've got to go on these training walks in order to. Build but you up. can't stroll, can you? You've got to like, you've got to go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got to make the game. Twelve thirty yeah. kick off on a Sunday. Yeah. What got... time do they have to leave? Do you know? I know that it's a few days. Probably about the same time I leave the Premier League darts on the Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they're spending about the same amount of time getting to the game at Dom's going via every drinking establishment in Birmingham and the darts. Um, so anyway, we're playing this game on Saturday to raise some money. All the lads playing in the game are just going to pay a bit of a fee. It's just another way of contributing to it. Of course, you can donate uh, to the Fulham to Birmingham Walk Fund. Uh, you can find all the details uh, on the Fulham Focus website, on their Twitter pages and social, and people like Match Warren Lee and Danny Boy. I'm sure it won't take you long uh, to find the links to their page. Uh, let's catch up now uh, with Danny Boy from Fulham Focus. He's the captain of their team uh, to see what he has to say ahead of this Sunday's crunch match. Right, well, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, founder of Fulham Focus and Fulhamish's uh, chief opponent on Saturday uh, as we take on Fulham Focus in the charity six-a-side match, raising money for Calm. It's Danny Boy making his debut on the Fulhamish podcast. How are you doing, Danny? How you doing, mate? Love the introduction. Love it. Excellent stuff. Well, Danny, uh, myself and yourself are going head-to-head uh, in what has been billed the match of the century. Obviously, everyone's talking about uh, Millwall-Fulham on Friday, but this is going to be uh, as bigger, if arguably not more, of a clash of the titans. I couldn't believe they didn't talk about it on uh, Monday Night Football. No. I couldn't believe it after the game. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it's getting pretty tense now. You know, the, the nerves, the, the, the pre-match nerves are starting to kick in. Um, I, I hope you lads have got your shin pads. <laughs> I hope you've got your shin pads, mate. Wear the full body armour. <laughs> nah, we ain't even got a kit. We're going to look like dodgeball. Oh, really? Just in uh, a ragtag of different colours from uh, picked up from from all around the house. Uh, look, Danny, um, let's, Full and Focus has been an enormous success. Um, and your, your podcasts and your Q&As and your blog has really taken off over the past year obviously this is something that uh, we all have experience of here on Fulhamish it's been an incredible journey for you uh, and the establishment of Fulham Focus to be a real name in the kind of Fulham media world you must be absolutely delighted with how it's all gone yeah no, I, I mean that means a lot for you to say that I mean obviously when I started it off I had no idea it was ever going to take off the way it has I mean we got about 2,500 followers in the space of five months um, you know, we, we started off by contacting Robert Wilson, who, who played for us in the 80s. I think a lot of fans will know him because he goes home and away, he's still a fan. And he agreed to do a Q&A. And, you know, we, we started this in November, and all of a sudden, I mean, I've got about 60 Q&As ready to go. You know, there's about 30 on the website. And there's about 30 waiting to be released. It's just, it's quite, it's quite insane, really. And, I mean, the reception has been... You know, really good for it, and and you know, got to thank like the likes of yourselves and 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 Russ, who does Cottage Talk, and you know people like Gentleman Jim and Jamie Reed, Ivan Berry. You know, you've all been really supportive, and you know, White Noise has been a massive help as well with the Twitter. So yeah, you know, it's um, you know, I'm 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 overwhelmed by it, by everyone putting together and and helping me out. It's, you know, I've not received any abuse abuse whatsoever on on social media, which is 
you know, when you put yourself out there, you expect it. But um, nice, I'm I'm really chuffed that it's gone. It might, it might not be on social media, but you might get some abuse come five o'clock on Saturday, Danny. And obviously, uh, this oh, is the, yeah, this, <laughs> this is the jewel in the Fulham Focus crown. Obviously, uh, this match against Fulhamish, and there is a serious side though to this match that we're playing on Saturday because yourself and lots of others are doing the walk from Fulham to Birmingham raising money raising awareness I think just as importantly uh, for campaign against living miserably calm uh, as it's better known with its acronym which uh, is all about the prevention of male suicide which is the biggest killer in young men in this country and and it's a very very worthy cause uh, that this match is going towards and that your walk is going towards yeah absolutely I mean Lee Adams is a the supporter that sort of set this all up. They've done a few already. Uh, I think most fans are probably aware that they did Ready to Fulham not that long ago. Um, you know, I've I've got a friend who, who suffers with mental health issues, and you know, it's quite close to my heart. Uh, I've seen seen the sort of stress and, and trauma it can cause a family. Um, seeing you know you know someone that. I don't know. I wouldn't say normal, but you know, was was one way, and then all of a sudden, is just now a completely different person. Um, and that's without, you know, the trauma that that suicide leaves behind for the family to pick up the pieces, and it's it's such a waste of life, you know. And can't do amazing work to um, you know help people suffering with mental health illnesses and and to prevent suicide and. It's you know it's it, I'm very proud to be a part of it. It's, it's the biggest challenge that I've um, ever taken on in my life. You know, <laughs> walking to Birmingham. I mean, I did. I walked to the cottage the other day. That was 20 miles from my house, and I felt okay after. I didn't feel that many aches and pains. But you know, I think the magnitude of the task we're taking on sort of demonstrates how hard it is to calm. You know, it, it costs. I think it costs seven pound for one support call to their support line. And, you know, that, that, that call could save someone's life, could, could convince them not to take their own life. So it really is important for people to get behind this, not just because we're doing a walk, you know, not just because we're Fulham fans, but fans in general. Football should all get together in this. And, you know, that, that, that's what we've done. I, I contacted you and, and, and Jack and, you know, your lads and said, why don't we do a Fulham focus versus Fulhamish thing? Because yeah, I'm sure there will be fans out there that probably think we're rivals, and that's not the case at all. Um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for you guys, and I know you have for me. So, you know, there's certainly be a bit of banter, but you know, it's about people coming together and and doing, making, you know, raising awareness for for, for something that's a very serious um, issue. Like you, you said, some of the stats. It's, um, 12 men a day, that's 84 a week in the UK, take their own life. I mean, that's, that's a frightening statistic. And, you know, and also, uh, you know, a big shout out, because I think your, your listeners need to hear it, that, um, you know, what we've having to pay the money for the hotels I'm staying in myself and, and all the gear I've got to buy um, for the walk, I didn't really have the money to hire the pitch. And you guys offered to to pay for the pitch for us so you know a massive thank you and, and you know respect to you guys for doing that so yeah nice no, it's, it's really nice that we've all pulled together and hopefully we raise a little bit of money 
100%. I mean, it's the least that Fulhamish could do was to pay for a pitch. I mean, you guys are walking uh, the length and breadth of the country, but I think it's a very important issue to, to everyone. And and so many people, probably most people listening to this podcast right now will know someone uh, that's being affected with mental health problems. Both male and female, obviously, Calm uh, generally focuses towards males, but there are lots of females that go through this problem as well. I know uh, well, I had one of my best friends uh, commit suicide uh, when I was about well, about 21. So the, the, this issue is very important to my heart and it pains me to know that I don't think he really had anyone that he could call uh, before he ended his life. And it's still a regret of mine to this day that maybe I wasn't more aware of the problems that he had going on in his life before he did do that. So I think that's why it's so important. And if you do have a bit of spare change, you know, and, and you think you can support this cause, then find the Just Giving links. You'll find them, well, you'll find them on the Fulhamish page very, very soon because we'll make sure uh, it's tweeted out uh, before this podcast goes out. You'll also find it if you go to uh, any of Fulham Focus's social media, Danny Boy's social media, uh, Match Worn Shirt One's social media. You'll find it all there. And please, please, please. Uh, give it a few pennies that's the reason really we're doing this football match obviously it's a bit of fun for us and we're paying a little bit of a match fee to go towards it but it's really the awareness this football match um, is why we're doing it because we really want uh, to raise as much money uh, so that as many men's lives can be saved as possible anyway um, Danny we've talked about the football match we're talking about the charity uh, the thing we that we do have to speak about though uh, is Fulham. We're going to Millwall on Friday night and what a crucial time in the season uh, it is. It's going to be an intense atmosphere on Friday. I think like nothing that we as fans will ever have seen. Obviously Millwall are vying to get into that playoffs. Uh, we have the outside chance of getting automatic promotion. Do you think that Friday could be one of the best atmospheres we've seen at a Fulham game for years? I think it will and yeah, it's it's such a a weird sort of situation we got ahead of us. I mean, both us and Millwall were on ridiculous unbeaten runs. We've never seen anything like this before in our lives. And Millwall were actually on a bigger unbeaten run than our record was prior to us breaking it. I think yeah. the record was 15. Theirs is like 17 or 18. I mean, they're not far behind us. I mean, it's probably one of the most intimidating grounds to go to anyway. Uh, at the best of times, so the fact that, you know, you, you could argue, given their situation and where they've come from, what they're fighting for is just as important as us fighting for second, so, you know, yeah, I I think, I think the Fulham fans will be up for it, the Mill fans will be up for it, it's a London derby, um, doesn't help that it's my local club and most of my mates support Millwall, so it's always a game that I dread losing. But yeah, uh, I mean, do you think we do? You think we can? Do you think we can do it? Do you think we can get a result? Because for me, really, anything but three points on Friday night rules out automatic promotion. There's a great second prize in there of the playoffs, but three points is what we need if we are to have any chance of toppling Cardiff. Well, I mean, on on our podcast, the Fulham Focus one, we about before the Preston game. So how far back is that? With about 10, 10 games to go, I think it was. Yeah, that's about uh, five um, weeks ago. And someone raised the question, who's the most likely to un- break or unbeat and run? And they was all going Preston because Preston was on a run at the time. And I said, Millwall. I said, you know, it's just, I just got a feeling. And I hope I'm wrong. 
But I, d- I do think on paper it was our hardest game. Um, you know, our final running and like you said, nothing but a win now will do. I mean, it's so weird because, you know, I was in the pub uh, following the Cardiff game and think about five minutes to go, it was still nil-nil. And I would have taken a nil-nil draw. Um, and then, obviously, we were winning with seconds to go. It's just how how big that five minutes might be over the, you know, the, the next three games. I think five minutes is a long time in football, clearly, because my... Um, my opinion of our, you know, our, our chances, I would have gone about 80% before Cardiff beat Norwich. And now it's probably about 35% because I did the maths. Even if we win all three games, we need Cardiff to drop points in two of their four. Yeah. And I think their two home games are bankers. You know, if we had them two home games, I'd be laughing. So, yeah, exactly. I think it all depends on those two away matches, Hull and Derby. One, and we it? can just kind of mm. pray for miracles from Forrest and Reading, both of whom, though, aren't really showing too much fight. Maybe Reading a tiny bit more than Nottingham Forest. But yeah, I'm not really uh, hoping too much uh, from Forrest. Speaking of the Forest game on Saturday, I think we should just point out, Danny, that um, we're playing this game at the Sacred Heart Academy uh, near Clapham Junction Station, the Fulhamish versus Fulham Focus game uh, on Saturday. Mm. We're kicking off at 5pm. It's about an hour that we're going to be playing for. And then afterwards, we're all going to be popping to the Falcon Pub uh, in Clapham Junction uh, where we're going to watch the Cardiff versus Forest game. It's a 7.45pm kickoff. So... Uh, if there's anyone out there that maybe doesn't fancy uh, coming to watch uh, 10 very unfit lads uh, kicking about a ball uh, for, for an hour, but you do fancy uh, watching the Cardiff game in a pub, then uh, then come along, come meet some of the Fulham Focus gang, come meet some of the Fulhamish gang. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a good evening. Yeah, no, it'd be good. I mean, especially if um, Fulham Focus win and then Nottingham Forest can do us a favour. But like you said, you know the the Millwall game. Yeah, you know, if, if we it can go to our advantage playing first because psychologically it puts a lot of pressure on them. And we've got that with the Millwall game and then the Sunderland game as well. They could be going into the whole game as a must-win. So it could work in our favour, but it could also end our season very quickly. I mean, I would actually say a draw probably probably messes up both club seasons. I, I think a draw and they won't get the playoffs. And I think a draw will finish third or fourth. Yeah, exactly. So both teams really kind of it's it's win or bust, and, and but they both haven't lost in how many months? I mean, it's it's quite quite incredible. I've, yeah, I've I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Well, Danny, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Uh, make sure you're uh, putting your practice in before uh, putting your shooting boots on. Uh, before Saturday's big Fulhamish versus Fulham focus match. You can keep up with everything that's happening uh, in the match uh, on social media. Uh, The team sheets are to be announced very, very soon. Uh, Obviously, the big reveal uh, for that. Danny, thank you for talking to us today, and we'll see you on Friday at the Millwall game. Yeah, pleasure, mate. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much to Danny Boy for chatting to us here on the Fulhamish podcast. Good to have his debut here on the show. So... This Saturday, Farrell, you're playing in the match. Yep. What time does it start? 5 pm. Was it move for Sky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tea time kickoff. Ooh, nice. It's a bit of a clash with the FA Cup uh, semi final, but I've heard that our game may get more 
uh, if we do decide to live we'll get stream the hipster it. crowd. Yeah, definitely. Get us on Periscope, innit? <laughs> well, Aaron Paul, who does the show of us on Love Sport, wants to come down and commentate and do a live Facebook stream. So it's Ooh. all TBC, but... Come down and watch if you're around there. Well, yeah, as I say, if you happen to be doing absolutely nothing on Saturday afternoon and you fancy coming up to Clapham Junction to, to watch uh, Fulhamish and Fulham Focus in action, you're more than welcome to come. Uh, it is at... Where's the... Sacred Heart Primary School. It's a sacred... Which, yeah. Which is about five minutes. You go out the Grant Road exit at Glappen Junction and then you walk towards the main road, you cross the road and then it's just, it's just that straight road that goes towards the school and you'll see the pitch at the it's end of the very, road. very close to Clapham Junction. So we're playing from 5pm till 6pm. If you either don't fancy coming to the match or you can't make the match, we're then going to be going to the Falcon Pub, which, if you know the area, is the pub right on the corner by Clapham Junction. It shows the football. Um, we're all going to be watching the Cardiff-Nottingham Forest game later. Uh, we've all brought some Nottingham Forest shirts um, in advance to watch that. That's a 7.45pm kickoff. so we're all going to be down there afterwards. If you can't make the football or don't want to make the football but you fancy watching the uh, Cardiff Nottingham Forest game uh, with some other Fulham lads then come down ourselves will be down there as well as Fulham Focus and the team sheets for the game uh, should be going up on the social media very very soon actual team sheets really Jack's made some you know Photoshop king he's loving it at the moment isn't he's he? gonna he's gonna love it when he has to write his name that he's on the bench yeah <laughs> Don't don't get him started. He, he was telling me, like, I'm not much of an 11 aside player, Sammy, but I am very, very good at six aside. I'm a bit of a number 10. A number 10 and six aside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fancies, yeah, I know. <laughs> Madness, eh? Fourth substitute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, hopefully Fulhamish can get a victory. Hopefully Fulham, most importantly, can get a victory on Friday against Millwall at the Den. So um, enjoy the game, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you can make it down to either the Fulham game or to the Fulhamish game, uh, whichever takes your fancy. Uh, to Don Betts, thank you for being here. No worries. Farrell Monk, thank you for coming. Cheerio. And Drew Healy, good to see you. And you. Take it easy, have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Laters. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. This spooky season, have a listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby! A podcast about Greek mythology that tells it honestly and often with a lot of gore, at least when it comes to these spooky season episodes. Every week in October, I have released a new episode with various levels of spooky in Greek mythology. There are ancient stories of haunted houses, ghosts, werewolves, general tragedy, and even a very bloody tree. Greek mythology has a little something for everyone, especially when it comes to spooky season. So listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby, every week, wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, A-cast. 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 recommends.